episode of Intention is Everything. Cheryl, I almost said welcome to another episode of Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> so that, that was the other show. That's that's the old show. Um, anyway, welcome <laughs> to another episode of Intention is Everything. And how are you, Cheryl? How are you? Are you still are you still on house, whatever they call it? I am still on house arrest. Oh, wait, wait, no, it's called stay at home. Sorry, sorry. Um, right. Are yeah. you fitted with the ankle <laughs> monitor or are you, you good? Um, I'm so good. I don't have a monitor on. It's just self-imposed, you know. So we're just still trying to be extra cautious um, around here, which is good. And just taking our time. And you know what? We work from home anyway, so not too much has changed. I mean, I, my hair needs a cut. And, you know, I need to get some sun, but other than that, everything's the same around here. So we're doing okay. How about you? I trimmed my bangs with embroidery scissors. <laughs> nice. I, mean, I think that says it all, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know what? It's the effort that counts, right? They look fine. Good. You no, know, as long as you don't look too closely. I also trimmed my eyebrows with embroidery scissors. So how do you do that? So I just trim along the top because, you know, I'm in my fifties. And so I get Jim and I call them the juice man brows. Like one of the things <laughs> they don't tell you is, is that as you age, hair grows differently. Yeah. Um, it grows from parts of your face that you wouldn't expect, for instance. And that and, is our new life lesson for today. Oh, I'm sorry, and, 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 but it, my eyebrows, I get really long eyebrows along the top and you're not supposed uh -huh. to pluck your eyebrows from the top, right? And so I've been going for years to get somebody to trim my brows. Well, now I can't do that. So I had to trim them. I, and you just, I just very, very carefully trim them all yeah. really big long ones along the top because Jim and I call them juice man brows because in the eighties, I don't know if you remember the juice man, the guy that was all excited about the juicers and he would do the advertisements and he had those big floofy brows. I do. I do remember. That's right. So, so wow. I call them juice man brows. And, and so I've been avoiding juice man brows. My, you know, they're, I, <laughs> Look, I'm not going to emerge from this nearly as attractive as I went into it, but what can you do? We still love you, Karen. Come on. Well, and I can, I can fix it eventually. Exactly. Eventually. Eventually. Things will get back to normal. Your, right. your like, you know, brows will be my, great. As long as my jeans still fit, I'm good. And my jeans <laughs> still fit. So I'm I just, I don't, every once in a while, I put jeans on about once a week just to make sure. The rest <laughs> of the time I'm wearing leggings, man. <laughs> You know what? I hear you and I'm in the same boat. So, yeah. So that's how it is. So, hey, I'm going to let you introduce our guest, although I was super excited to learn that she just lives down the road a spell. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so exciting. And I am so excited to have um, someone who I consider to be a friend, even though we've never actually met, but um, it feels like we have. She's been writing for the magazine, for Paranormal Underground Magazine, for many, many years and entertaining us with some really amazing stories that have to do with her paranormal experiences, all sorts of paranormal experiences from uh, spirits to, to, to extraterrestrials to cryptids and more. Um, and so I'm happy to welcome Rainbow Ridelli to Intention is Everything. Welcome, Rainbow. Hello there. Thank you for having Hi. me, both of you. 
Yeah. Thank, thank you for coming on so much. And I just want to say um, that this is a, a true honor because I am so always your, your paranormal escapades <laughs> that it's just such a thrill to finally get to talk to you. And what we're going to be talking about today is not so much the paranormal, although that'll come into it, I'm sure. We can um, talk about that too. I mean, okay. You know. Yeah, I'm sure it'll, it'll, we'll, we'll be touching on that, but um, we're going to be focusing on how dance relates to intention, yes. including how dance is a form of meditation and actually centering oneself. Mm-hmm. And then we are also going to be talking about getting in touch with your higher self and spirit guides. And possibly even if we have time, hopefully, Rainbow is going to share with us her studies into becoming a medicine woman. And then, um, you know, we'll see if we have any, any time left for some unknown stories. Well, that's a, that's a lot. <laughs> that's too much, that's too much very, for one show. I have a feeling. A very okay. short period, but the good thing <laughs> is we can, we can do another show. Um, so Rainbow, I, I was telling you off the air, but you, I know you do belly dance yes. and um, I never got to the level that you did, but I did tribal belly dance for a while. And I was really when I, when I started with the belly dance, I did it cause I thought it sounded fun. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I realized quickly was that it's a very spiritual practice and it's all about women connecting with other women. It is. In fact, it's a dance style that if you remember when you were, you're studying your, your dancing, it's not written down. Mm-hmm. So it's a dance style that is actually passed down from mother to daughter and it's from aunt to niece, you know, from grandmother to, you know, everybody in the family and, and both men and women pass it on. Um, so it's, it's a, an amazing dance form because it's very village oriented. And that's what I really liked about it. But what makes it even better is the fact that it's so old. It's an ancient art form. It's an ancient dance that was done for ritual and ceremonial purposes way back in Pharaonic times, like in Pharaonic Egypt. So it was done to make sure the harvest was going to be fruitful and, you know, and harvest time will be plentiful for everybody and for um, childbearing. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you remember this, Karen, but a lot of the dance moves that we do are geared around birthing, having the stomach muscles move along with the, the mom having the baby and the, the women would gather around and push with her. So it was very much a, you know, whole village oriented type of, of ceremony, having this baby and this little baby coming into the planet has all these, these women, this feminine energy, just pushing and, you know, whether male or female, pushing them out and, and bringing them into the world. So it's very much a, Gaia and village, you know, type of dance form that is just absolutely beautiful. Well, and there's such a connection. I, I didn't do it for a long time, um, but there's such, just even the short time I did it, you feel such a connection with the movements um, and it, they're not easy. It, I mean, it's Thank hard. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. A lot of people say, I want to dance like Shakira. 
and can you teach me in two weeks? And it's like, what? No. no. No, the amount of control it takes and the muscles that you use are very different than what you might think. Oh, it's, 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 it was amazing to me when I first started. Um, it was a journey of something that I wanted to do from the time I was six years old. I saw it on TV and I went, this is what I want to do. And I went to my mom, who was the traditional Catholic mom. She's like, no way. And so I had to wait till I got into my 20s in order to do it. Mm-hmm. But when I, one thing that I found about this dance is that because it's an ancient art form, that it, you really pull in the magic of Egypt. Because I'm more oriented towards Egyptian cabaret in my style. Or say Morocco or Lebanon. Know, or Turkey. Um, and it's, it, this dance form is kin to flamenco. It's kin to African dancing. So you're, when you're learning this dance form, you're, you're basically learning, to me, a, a dance form that's kind of based on what we did first when we were on this planet, which is body language. So it's oriented towards a way of expressing ourselves that we don't need words for, we can express it through the body. And I think people were a lot more healthier when they could express themselves. And, and, and I think that that's why women come into this dance form, especially now, um, well, back years ago when I had my dance studio, it was truly a gift to be able to see women transform themselves. I mean, when I, I didn't know that was gonna happen. And I think that to be honest, if I'd have to say between teaching and dancing, I'd have to say I love teaching the most because when a woman would come into my studio and she'd look in the mirror, most of the time when we look in the mirror, we think what's wrong with us. We look at what we don't like. We see things we want to change. And when I have women come into my dance studio, they have to look at themselves and, and they have to work with their bodies to make a movement work. And at first they're, nervous and they're embarrassed and if they're doing it with a bunch of other women you know it's like after a while as you know Karen it's a camaraderie thing you kind of learn it together right but the transformation after a couple of weeks was just amazing to me and then at six weeks it was beautiful and I think the layers of insecurities issues and problems just fell off naturally because when you can express inner feelings that you've kept inside you that you never released, but now you can kind of release something through movement, then it's a very healthy thing to do because then you can actually start seeing yourself the way you truly are, which is a very beautiful being. Yeah. The body thing is a big thing. And I, I get that because I, I felt that way. And I mean, I, at the time I was also doing um, Nia and I was uh, doing yoga and some other things but it was a very different environment that was this, the, the body awareness and the, not just acceptance of your body, but the watching yourself in the mirror and things like that. It's, there's something that's very empowering and um, very empowering about that in a way that nothing has ever felt empowering to me like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a student one time, um, I used to go to their 
you know, if I did private classes, I would go to their homes. And I had a student that was 15 minutes late and I'm a stickler. I'm kind of a taskmaster when it comes to being on time. And she had gotten into an argument with a, her boyfriend. Um, he, I guess he'd been flirting with another gal the night before they went out and she was really angry and she was really upset about it. And I said, great, let's use this. So I said, we're going to create a choreography and we're going to use your anger with the movements. And I said, so how, how mad are you? And she was, she was really mad. And so she's, I'm just, I don't know what to do. He's just done this before. And I said, well, what would that be in a movement? And she said, well, I don't understand. I said, well, express to me in belly dance body language, what that would mean to you with all the moves that I've taught you, what, what would that be? So she, 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 Said, okay, well, it would mean this. And she started doing these moves. And I said, okay, over that's great. So then I we wrote down the moves. And then I said, How else do you feel? And so she was, she worked out all her feelings through class time. Now at the end of class, they said, now we're going to put all these moves together. And this is your expression of how you feel about the anger that of the night before. And this is how you're expressing it, and this is how you're getting out of the body. And when she danced it. It was actually a very beautiful dance. And she started laughing at the end and she said, oh my God, this feels so good. And I said, mm -hmm. well, that's what dance does. You don't dance just when you're happy. Mm -hmm. You dance when you're sad or you're mad or whatever. But she, she learned something that day that it's, it's the dance isn't a kumbaya kind of thing. It's a life thing. So if, if we could understand that Every day that I, I danced, I wasn't at my best. And sometimes some, I, I just wanted to scream and say, I don't want to teach today. But I did it anyways. But I took that feeling and I put it into my class. And I, this is really the dance of life. It's in any dance that we do, if we could just pull life into it, mm -hmm. then it becomes this real thing that people can kind of connect to. And I think that's why women and men because men do belly dancing too it's not just a strictly woman thing and um, that i think that's why we connect with each other because if if somebody walks in they're not having a good day the other dancers know it and so we can all kind of connect to that and so it's really a village type of dancing but it's a life dance that's so moving that it can be so expressive and so emotionally charged and well i've never done belly dancing or even tried it growing up I did a lot of dance I did a lot of different ty types of dance I did you know I did modern dance I did jazz dance I did ballet I did tap dancing I did I did a lot and it always felt so fun um and so freeing and, and it just is an amazing experience and I think any type of dance really can like you were just explaining can really connect you to your emotions and help you release or experience it in a whole, in a very healthy way. And I think that that is like, now I still like to dance, but I just dance like to my favorite song. I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't do all that fancy stuff, you know? Um, but it just, any type of movement, I think it's a, it's a very important part of life and it can really help people in different ways. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's very healing. And, and yeah. the, the beautiful thing about dance is that it'll bring to surface blocks, things that women 
don't want to see or have been pushing under the rug. Mm -hmm. It'll bring it out. I, mean, I can remember having class and I'd have 15 students in class. And at first when I started teaching classes, it was something that was really hard for me to get used to, but I'd have dancers break down and cry. And I'd be wow. like, oh my God, are you okay? No, I'm doing great. This is what they, but they go, no, just, I'm fine. And they would, it would be a breakthrough and an emotional block. Something would just break, it would just leave them and they would just be crying and it would be a good cry. Sometimes it would be a, you know, a real extreme cry. And the one thing that I noticed with dance is that it, it basically shows you everything, all the skeletons in the closet, the, the doors open and everything falls out. And it's, it's like, okay, you don't have to pick everything up at once type of thing, but the dance will basically bring out the things that are the most important blocks at the moment. And, and it, you can take your time in looking at everything, but the dance requires you to look at it because if you can dance and break free from whatever it is, like say for instance, some of my students had abusive relationships and they would come and say, Hey, you know, I, cause I had one gal who came in with a black eye and I said, well, is this is really what you want. And she would give that relationship and, and her boyfriend, she would give him the benefit of the doubt and make up excuses for him. And she could only do it for so long. But one thing that happened is that the more that she learned to express with her body, the more she realized that she was worth more than what, she thought she was. So wow. that relationship wasn't what she wanted anymore. She had become her own woman. And that's kind of the things that I saw happen in my studio where I didn't have to say anything. I, a lot of times I was the surrogate mom um, and the mentor or whatever, but I, the dance did it for them. So I look at, I look at Middle Eastern dancing or any type of art form that uh, teaches anybody anything. I look at it as a mother or a father because the ancient art of belly dancing is this mystical mother that it will eventually get to her, her, her babies and show them the way, but in the way that they will listen and follow. And that's to me what was the most beautiful aspect of this dance form is that that these girls learned these lessons in ways I could never tell them. I couldn't explain it to them, but they figured it out on their own as they learned to dance. And that's the, the beautiful part about this art form is the fact that as you get better, you get more confident. And then when you get more confident, you, you start seeing yourself in this, this amazing way. And what you would accept a year before, you would never accept at that point in your life. So it's, it's a learning and growing type of dance form that as you get better, your, your life gets better. Well, and it's an incredibly, I, I would say of all of the forms of dance that I've explored, um, there's only been one other form of dance that I've explored that's been as body positive as belly dance. And belly dance encourages you to adorn yourselves. You know, you put on the jingly belts and you put on the jewelry and, and um, you have to have a certain level of body positivity and confidence to be willing to do that. 
and in the the time that I took the class, I saw people and experienced myself, these people who were like, when she told us at the beginning of our beginning class, the very first day, as we move down the line, we're going to work with some costuming and things like that. And everybody was like, nope, nope, no. And yet they embraced it eagerly as we moved along because there was such a shift in our thoughts and feelings and beliefs about our bodies. Yeah, the more the bling, the better. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's so cool when you get a group of women and they've all got those jingly things on and they're oh, yeah. together and the jingles are going and oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, the best part about the costume is, is the history behind it. Like the coins on hip scarves, the history behind that goes back to the gypsies and it goes when it goes back to the the nomads or the gawazi and the the one thing that i think is so cool and, and I, I every time i think about this it it's it makes me smile because I, I can just see me doing this way back when if i was dancing you know if i was one of these gals in which i think i was in a past life but they would wear their coins i mean they when they would get thrown money or with the, if they got thrown jewels, they didn't have anywhere to put them, so they wore them. So they used to wear their money. And so and that's where our hip scarves came from, is the coin, the coin belts. So it, it, it's, I think that is so cool that what we wear is basically from a history of women actually you know, wearing their money and wearing their jewels and just looking beautiful and this adding to their costume and, and just making themselves look beautiful. So I, I like that history. I like the fact that if I have different hip scarves and I can, I can dance around and I hear the jingle, I, it's like an echo of many, many years back of these women dancing. I think it's amazing. Oh, well, that's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. I just like the jingle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I do too. <laughs> and the other thing that I noticed about ballet dancing that I liked is I'm not a terribly grounded person. Um, and belly dancing is so grounding because you're barefoot. And many of the moves are very, very firmly planted in the earth. Yes. And so I like that about that, um, that very grounded sense that you get when you're dancing. And again, just that body positive thing. You don't, like if you're a ballerina, or, you know, a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, whatever form of dance you're doing, you're expected to have this incredibly, you know, small, compact uh, body. And yet in belly dancing, I've seen women of all sizes and all shapes, and there's just no judgment there. You know, there, there's no judgment to a certain degree. And, and this is the little caveat there, is what, as I got more professional, and I danced in nightclubs and I danced with live bands and I, you know, I was traveling, I was living in Texas at the time. So I was living in the, the Fort Worth area and I would travel to Dallas and then to Houston. And what I thought I was getting into in the beginning was this kumbaya type of dance form that was just ancient and it was just, it was lived in me and I, I ate and I, I was, breathing and sleeping and every every day was belly dance for me it was it was a, a lifestyle and as i got better 
I noticed that there were some things that came my way that I didn't expect. And there, there was pushback on body image. And it seemed that the more professional dancer got, it seemed like her weight was an issue. And uh, when I, I, for instance, I danced at a Persian restaurant in, um, in Dallas called Sinbad's. And I used to dance for a, a wonderful Persian community out there. I, I just really enjoyed that, that time. And the, the people kind of identified with me as their belly dancer. And when people kind of identify with you and you're their little celebrity and you're, you're, you're their person, they will make comments like, oh, and because my dance name was not Rainbow, um, just to let everybody know that it was Layla and uh, Layla Najma. And they go, oh, Layla, you're getting a little weight tonight. Uh, you, you, did you eat too much? You know, you need to lose 10 pounds, something like that. And I'd be going, you know, I think I'm okay. And like, no, 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 you, you need to, you know, no, you look, need to look like you did two weeks ago. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And then even the band members would make comments. And, and I, I found that there is a responsibility to stay a certain weight as I got more well-known. And, um, and, and if I did gain some weight, it, they were right there in my face telling me about it. And it happened many times. And so I, I found that what I thought was this amazing dance form that accepted all body images, as you get more professional, man, they kind of push back. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but it was a lot of the male energy pushing back saying, no, we want you to look slim. We want you to look, you know, curvy, but we want you to look slim and look a certain way and whatever. And, and I would push back and say, no, I don't like that. And then what happens is that that insecurity comes in. Well, you know, what if I don't do this, then someone else will get my job kind of thing. So I had to figure out how to work all that out so that I could keep me and my confidence, but work within this really weird kind of, of scenario where they were expecting something and wanted to stay the same. Even restaurant owners and nightclub owners would say, hey, you got to stay a certain weight. And that's the taboo about this dance form that not a lot of people want to talk about is that, no, they talk about it. They, and, and they won't hire people if they don't think that they're skinny enough. And that's the fact of it. So. You know, I, I wrote articles about it because I was not happy about it. So how, how would you recommend anyone listening to this that's dealing with similar issues in any, any part of their life? Um, how would you recommend that they deal with it successfully? Well, if somebody wants to be a professional belly dancer, for instance, um, I would say at this point in time, push back and say, you're hiring me because of my talent, not because of my weight. And when I pushed back and said, you know what? You love me, don't you? When I, I talked to the, the gals who would hire me in their homes to dance, and I said, are you hiring me because of my weight? Or are you hiring me because <laughs> you love me? No, oh, Leila, we love you. And I'm like, great, because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, and I'm going to do a great job of dancing for you. So I think you have to be your own manager. You have to kind of say, look, you hired me to do X, Y, Z, and 
that's what I'm doing for you and people like it. And, you know, and, and then just keep up that and just, and just kind of push back gently, but just let them know that, Hey, I'm okay. Now, some nightclubs, I actually was ousted by a nightclub because I wasn't what they considered slim enough. Um, I, really? at the beginning I was, and then afterwards I wasn't. And, um, and, and, and the unfortunate thing is that there were other dancers willing to take my spot because there's not enough work for, you know, a lot of belly dancers here. I mean, let's face it. I was professional and I made my living with it, but there were professional hobbyists who were willing to take over mm -hmm. if right. I wasn't going to dance. Um, and so I just had to realize that that was no longer the place for me. And I didn't, it's the hardest part about this is not to take it personal because I'm going to ask you about that. How do you not internalize those messages? Because you have to go back to the root, you have the root of who you are and why you started. So if, if I go back to the six-year-old little girl who saw belly dancing and, and, and I, and I remember that feeling of seeing it on TV and, and if I remember that feeling and I remember what made me get into the dance form, then that's where I want to stay. And, and look, it's not that it didn't hurt my feelings. And I'll give you a good example, something that happened to me. And, and it actually has everything to do with intention. I, I, was, I went to go, uh, I auditioned at a restaurant in Dallas. It was a little dinky little restaurant. It was, it was just a place I wanted to be. And I auditioned for this owner of the restaurant. And <laughs> when I got done with my audition, he was really kind of rude. And he said, Layla, when you learn how to belly dance, come back. And he gets up from the table and he walks off. And, you know, what do you do when someone says that to you? You're just like, do I quit right then and there? And I didn't think I was that bad. So I went home and I cried, you know, and, and I went, no, 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 no. So what I did is I, I, I went back to square one and in three months, I redid my whole dancing. I just threw out what I think didn't work. And then I kept what did work. And then I, I decided that I was going to move my way, not, not move in ways that, that didn't feel too good because I was studying from a lot of different people and their choreographies just didn't fit me. So I finally had to own my dance. And so the key here is to own what you want to be and do. And so I went, you know what? No one's gonna tell me I can't belly dance unless it's me. So if I say I can't dance and I'm gonna move off and do something else. So three months goes along and then I go back and he sees me walk in and he rolls his eyes because he remembered me. He goes, oh my God. <laughs> and I said, well, I want a, another audition. And he's like, no, you know, no, I don't, I don't think so. I said, no, I, I, I've been practicing. I, I, give me another audition. And so he was not very nice. And he said, well, you come during lunch tomorrow. And I know why, you know, the time frame he gave me was because it was like hardly anybody there at that time. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. And who's going to be there, right? So I go and I don't care. So I go, I, I wear one of my nicest costumes because I used to get my costumes from Egypt. And so I wore a really fancy costume and I made sure that I felt really good about it. And I went in there and I did a, a 30 minute show, believe it or not, because my shows were about 30 minutes. 
And when I got done, I turned around and I went to the table and I got a free lunch out of it, at least that. And he looks at me and he goes, Layla, you learned how to belly dance. And I got hired that day. Wow. Cool. So he, I did not allow him to tell me what I was or wasn't. It was my job. And, and I'm stubborn. Man, mm -hmm. am I stubborn. I'm like, oh, heck no, you just didn't say that. And so the Italian in me just got mad. And I went, I'm going I'm to show you. And I, and I did it. And that's what you have to do. I mean, because otherwise, if you don't believe, how can I sell myself? How can I, I go up to somebody in a nightclub or a restaurant or, or any, anywhere in life? If I can't be the best salesperson for me, how can I expect anybody else to? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, and I, one of the things that you mentioned that I actually wanted to ask you about, um, because it's it's certainly a concept that we we did in Mia, which is, of course, a form of dance as well, is that moving for pleasure and listening to your body when you move versus driving yourself to a point of exhaustion and pain and moving your body's way. And so is that something that's part of belly dance as well, moving your body's way? Yes, you first, to, well, to me, you, this is a cultural dance and you are an ambassador for another culture. So as a, a, a woman, an American woman learning uh, a dance form from Egypt, um, I'm first gonna study that dance form to the best of my ability. And then once I get the movement down, then, then I'll, I'll interpret it my way. But I think that the, the problem with belly dance is that we don't have a school that we can go to, like ballet, school of ballet. And flamenco, man, you, that's so strict. I have friends who do flamenco and it's, it's an amazing dance form and it's a lot of training. Um, but belly dancing, we do have a lot of phenomenal dancers, East Coast, West Coast, in between, you name it. But, but the problem that we have in, in the dance form, because people want to just learn it for their own purposes, is that they don't understand it is a cultural dance form that has to be respected. So you, I learned everything I possibly could about Egypt and, and the, with this dance form, where it came from. And, and once I did my homework, and once I, I learned from, and I actually studied from um, dancers from Egypt, once I did all that, then I was able to come back and then relax it in my body. And then say, this is my interpretation as an American woman of a, a cultural dance from Egypt. And so I, I try to be the best ambassador I possibly can for this dance form but I try to also let people know that it is my interpretation of something that I've learned. And then that's when, yes, you can dance movement in the body that feels really, really good. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I've read several um, articles, studies, whatever, on how dance can help with not only your physical health, but your mental health as well. And I think there are so many benefits to it in life that, you know, whether you're doing belly dance or another form of dance, I think it's really something that's a lot of fun and it can be great for, for your physical and mental health. And I just feel like 
I miss the actual structure of doing a, you know, a recital or, or a dance program. Like I liked doing that, you know, growing up, it was something that was really exhilarating and the process of learning it and then performing it. And I, you know, I really miss that aspect of it. So well, I the, think the best, the, this, mm -hmm. this dance form, when, when you learn it, you got to learn the ropes, right? Mm -hmm. So what's the best part of it is being backstage, learning <laughs> the lighting. Cause you have to know what kind of lighting is best on color. So if somebody's wearing a, a purple costume, what's the kind of lighting that they would want for it? Um, understanding stage ver verbiage, you know, what what the audience, what we call the audience and what the, this, the, the depth of the stage and how your entrance and your exit and the sound and your choreography, all of it, it that's yeah. the best part of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the whole experience of Dan, I mean, it's just, there's so many different parts of it that are amazing. The um, whole enchilada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I wanted to ask about how you, this is kind of switching topics a little bit, but how do you personally get in touch with your higher self? What types of practices have you done that help you do that? The first thing that I do is when I was studying to be, and it's really odd to say studying to be a medicine woman, either you're mm -hmm. someone, I, I think we're all medicine women, just to put that out there. I think we're okay. all medicine men and medicine women. And I think our, our, our lives are geared to learning always. But the one thing that I do to, at this point in my life, to get in touch with my higher self is my dream work. So mm -hmm. I, I learned how to do dream techniques so that um, I can try to figure stuff out in the dream world or work things out in the dream world as I'm sleeping. And, and it's basically, it's, it's actually connected to Carlos Castaneda and the warrior's way. And what, can you explain that a little bit more? When my, my ex-husband was a medicine man and when I was first, when I, I first met him, I was having a lot of paranormal stuff happen left and right. I mean, it was from the time I was a child all the way up and I just didn't know how to handle it. And so what, one thing that he realized um, is, is that I was a dreamer and people who are dreamers can really extend outside of themselves. But think of it as another way. Think of it as someone who does a, a visual visualization of something that you you really want to focus on. Um, it's it's like remote viewing in a way, and it, it's just a different form of remote viewing. And when I go into my dream world, um, I I try to go in as awake and aware as possible, and I try to work stuff out that maybe bothered me during my waking state in the daytime. And when I'm, before I go to bed, what I try to do is I try to focus in on my whole body. And then I try to focus in on that little feeling that you feel just before you're gonna go to sleep. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's mm -hmm. like that little like um, <laughs> butterfly feeling. It's like the little, yeah. I don't know. It's like this little feeling of vibration that happens. And when that, when that, happens on my with my body then i what i try to do is when i'm in the dream state 
I try to find things like if I remember to look for my hands or look for a pot or look for a tree or look for color or to dream in black and white or to be in a dream and remember to wake up, wake myself up in the normal waking state and then go right back to sleep and then go right back into that dream. I'll do all kinds of stuff like that so that I'm constantly working with myself so that the, the waking state and the sleeping state were my ethereal body or my assumption point or however you want to say it, um, where I can kind of connect to myself at different times because as an empath, if I don't rejuvenate myself, and that's what I try to do in my dream state is try to rejuvenate myself, then in my waking state, I'm really sluggish and I don't feel good. So a lot of my work I do to connect and to center and to, to remember myself and to be awake and aware is in my dream state. So how is that different from lucid dreaming? It's not. This is another way of putting it. Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting. I have to admit, I tried something not too long ago. And I'm just, I'll just share it with you. I wanted to see if I could get the name of one of my spirit guides. Okay. This is an experiment I had never done before. Ooh. And so before, before I went to sleep, I thought I'd like to meet one of my spirit guides. And I put that intention out there and I, I said, could you please, you know, you know, tell me your name and who you are. And so I went to bed with that, with that intention in my head. And the next morning I woke up and I knew the name, but how do I really know that that is the name? So but how, what, what name did you get? Okay. So I'll just have to tell because it's... You have to tell. <laughs> okay. I have to tell. Okay. So what was stood out to me in in the night was a cartoon character came to my dream and had an interaction with me okay and so it was somewhat it seemed somewhat significant when I woke up and I thought well that's really sticking with me so so I took the last name of the cartoon character and that's what I came up with the name that's how I came up with the name is, is it that bunny or runner <laughs> I said bugs bunny um no it's 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 griffin like peter griffin, griffin? yes like peter griffin that well, wasn't the character but it was from that show <laughs> that is so cool that is see that's brilliant to me that that is really what we're talking about that's why yeah, wouldn't that that's be it. the name so i'm not crazy all right no. i mean that's it. You know, Cheryl, I do yeah. have a meditation on my website to meet your spirit guides. I'm going to try it. I haven't tried yeah, it. There's, it's a guided meditation on my website. So use it. Okay. Okay. So and just so you know, Carol, yeah. I was looking at your website too. Oh, were you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I well, thought it was amazing. So I, I'm just, I'm, I'm a new fan, just letting you know. <laughs> Well, thank you. And like I say, you just are, I mean, you are just down the road a spell because you, you know, so I, I didn't know that. That's super cool. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Cheryl, that's a cool thing. I'm glad that yeah. you tried that because I know you yeah. were going to try to do some more dream work. Yes. So yeah, and that is I, awesome. 
Yeah, and I have that journal we talked about next to the bed. Unfortunately, I haven't actually done anything with it yet. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's coming. Baby steps, man. Baby steps. Yes. I, I, I got to tell you something. I had a, my journal, and you know how Whitley Strieber had been a, he uh, took his cat with him one time when he was abducted? Mm -hmm. I did the same thing with my cat, Boo Boo Kitty. Oh. And, and I, and, and it, not that I, I, that was my, I just thought, well, heck, I'm not going to go alone. <laughs> I, <thought laughs> I want her with me, uh, but she, she was fine, but, but I wrote about it. Um, and, and the interesting thing about it is that when I start, when I, at that point in time, when I was writing about a lot of stuff that was happening, um, I was waking up and just had phenomenal like detailed memory. I have some now, but not like then. And so, I mean, I totally wholeheartedly just suggest to everybody that if they have amazing dreams going on, if they're doing their lucid dreaming, it, whatever they're doing in their dreams, looking for whatever, yeah, the, that, the diary, man, that's, mm -hmm. that's huge. Cause I have two books that are just full of stuff. Yeah. Well, and I feel like I, I've had a lot of people since kind of this whole COVID thing has been going on. I've had a lot more people reach out to me about dreams and just say, man, I've been having the most vivid dreams. So have you heard that too, that people have just been, their dreams have been off the charts since this has all started? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I don't think there that there, there's one person I've talked to uh, in my you know intimate world where we haven't said, Hey, did, you know, I had a wackadoodle dream. Did you, you know, Oh yeah. What, the, what did you dream about? And then we'll talk about it. It's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Uh, what's, what's going on now. In fact, I've even had um, visitations in, in our room and, and um, at, and a different, at a different level. So yeah. I, I think there's, there's so much in the conscious level with everybody so worried about what's going on um, that even in the, the, you know, in the paranormal realm, it's, 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 it's even affecting that aspect of how we relate to everything. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's amazing what's coming into, into my dreams. It's amazing what's coming into, um, you know, just things that we're seeing. It's just like, did you see that? I, yeah, I saw that. I, I've been seeing more shadow people. I don't know if you guys have, have really seen them. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Lights. I've seen more lights. Um, okay. Crispy lights, just, just kind of like little snaky things going along. Mm -hmm. um, is, did I see that? And, and so, and I more so now than I, I think I ever have. I think interesting. Uh, my, wow. my assessment of it is, and, and I, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts and see if your assessment is similar or different. My assessment is, is that I feel like um, our guides and our ancestors and all of, and probably even our higher selves on the other side are trying to come through because what they're trying to say to us is, you guys, this is your opportunity. This is where you can shift and this is where you can change change and we don't want you to let this slip by so that's my assessment of it what's yours i wholeheartedly i agree with that i i think that's that's exactly what they're saying now is the time for us to come together as a people as a species on this planet 
not just for ourselves, but for the planet as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And actually, that's a lot of the messages I've got have been very Gaia centered that very, um, you know, look, this is the earth is your partner, the earth is a conscious entity. And um, it is time for you to walk in partnership. And until you can learn to walk in partnership with each other and with all of the other consciousness around you, which is the earth, the plants, the rocks, the trees, the dogs, Mm -hmm. you know, all of it that that until you can do that, you're going to have these things continue to rise in your world with increasing frequency. Oh, yeah, yeah, I I agree. I totally think that's true. Yes. Did I tell you? I this is like a total aside, but it just got me thinking that the that this like usually wherever I live, like something paranormal happens. It never fails. Okay, this house that we just moved into was built brand new when we moved in. Just seemed as calm as could be. You know, no no freakiness, no no paranormal stuff. I am not kidding, and I'll make this short was it yesterday, the day before the light turned off on me when I was in the bonus room watching TV? Yeah. Like, it's not the house, Cheryl. The switch. Yeah, I was, yes. The I switch flipped. You, it's not the house. Okay. The, the switch flipped. It's not still, just the bulb went out. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but okay. it's, not, <laughs> it's not the house. When you, when you have a common situation that oh, well. arises over and over and over, <laughs> you have think? to start looking at the common denominator. <laughs> All right. I think it's, it's called Tina. you, Cheryl. No. You're the common denominator. I, <laughs> possibly. It might be Chad. I don't know. I haven't figured, figured it out because I think you it had could, it before could be Chad you. was with you, though. That's I, a you, very good point. Yeah. I, <laughs> It could be Chad too. I want to blame Chad. No. Yeah. And you so, know, you could be a power couple. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. So I guess my point is, it seems like things are waking up around. I don't know if it's just coincidence that the the time is so such. Do you really believe such, in coincidence, Cheryl? No, I don't. I just like to say that expression. Well, I what if everybody's becoming more aware and awake? Ah, uh, ah, uh, good point. I do think that a lot of people are becoming more aware and awake, but I also think that some are pushing back further into their old energy. Um, and I just think that that's when, when you have new energy rising, you always have a pushback of the old energy. And we're, we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of that in the conspiracy theories and the, um, mm. and the you know, people just being unpleasant to each other and, and you know, the rise of the internet troll and, and all of that stuff. Um, so I, I think you have a pushback of the old energy, but the old energy and that lower vibrational energy that's so dense, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you need a lot more of it to, um, to overcome the new energy. The higher vibrational energy is stronger. Yep. That's what I think. Yep. And it's, it's so. and I think with this new energy, it's it's not like we're wearing it like a comfortable dress or comfortable pants. Mm. I, no. I think when we come into new energy, we're, we're discovering it. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to see where do we fit with it. How does it? How does? I don't think it's comfortable for everybody yet, and I don't think the quarantine itself can is is making things easier. No. But I, I think that people are having to kind of deal with themselves more than they ever have. Mm-hmm. I think you're and, right. And that, that's uncomfortable in itself. But, you know, because it was like, oh, I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to run around and do everything. And it's like, all of a sudden, 
No, we don't. And all of a sudden it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You can do stuff for work at home, which was like, that never happened. So people are getting used to the new, whatever it is. They don't want to say necessarily the new norm yet, mm-hmm. but people are afraid to say, you know what? I like it. Because if you like it, then what if this means this really is the way things are going to be from now on? And I think people have to come to a comfort level with how things are right now. I mean, I was, when I went to the grocery store um, a couple of weeks ago, someone took their mask off and, and they coughed. And I'm like, well, mm. what the heck? Why don't you just cough with your mask right. on? Right. And you know what? If that person would have coughed, uh, what, last year, I wouldn't have given another, another thought. I wouldn't have cared. I would have gone, oh, you know, why don't you use your <laughs> sleeve or something? But what, what I'm finding is that um, I don't want to make people like, I, I don't want to make them the enemy. I don't want to make them opposite of me. Uh, we're in this together. And I think if we can just remember, even with being uncomfortable that we're in it together, and that's new too, because we're all yeah. going, whoa, we're doing, we're, we're actually going through something together. And, and a planet. We don't know each other, but we're, we're yeah. experiencing it all together. And it's like, this is a brand new experience that probably hasn't happened in a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, it hasn't. It's been a hundred yeah. years. Yeah, I mean, that's Spanish since, flu. Yeah, since the last one. So absolutely. Um, well, it's, it's, I agree. I think that discomfort is part of it. I think that a lot of people are... Um, finally willing to deal with the discomfort. I know at the beginning that there was a lot of unwillingness to face the discomfort and that we're going to be happy and optimistic, but I think you have to go through the discomfort in order to get to the comfort. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think discomfort is necessarily bad. I agree. Yep. All right. Well, guess what? It's, it's time for our tools for intention. That's where we are. This has gone by really, really quick. Oh, wow. That was fast. Okay. I told you it would. <laughs> um, so if you would share with our listeners, I almost said readers because I usually do. Um, <laughs> I have to switch, you know, I write all day and think about the reader, the reader, the reader, and then I yeah. record a podcast and it's hard to switch to listener in my brain. <laughs> Um, anyway, if you would share with our re- our readers, see, if you would share with our <laughs> listeners, Rainbow, um, one or two intentional things that you do, that ways that you bring intention into your life, that might be a tool that they could use as well. Well, as a a dancer, um, I I learned something very important on the stage, and and I think I, this is something to think about in everyday life that how you, for instance, for me, how I entered the stage was important, but how I exited the stage was just as important. Sometimes, you know, I go up to the audience and I bow, other times I do a a Turkish drop or I do a Cleopatra slide, or I just ask them to turn the lights off and do dramatic whatever. But I I realized that the, the exiting, was really important because I had to let people know that my story was done, it was over, and that kind of let them know that they could applause or whatever, do whatever they wanted to do. And I think that when we wake up in the morning, that's our entrance into the day, into our world, and that's how we start. 
But we have to understand that in between the entrance, which is when we're waking up, and then the exit, which is when we go to sleep, we have to make our story matter. And what we do with the day and our story makes our exit, which is us going to sleep and lying in bed and going through the day, it, it, it'll, it makes it either worth it or not. And when I go to bed, I want to know that when I'm kind of getting ready to go to sleep and I'm exiting this waking state that I did the best that I possibly can do. So I think it's important to be grateful for the fact that you woke up and be grateful that the fact that you get to go to sleep and knowing that you did the best you could do for that day. I like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I love it. Yes. So um, now the last little segment of our show, we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. So where can people find you, read you, see you, any of those things, anything you'd like to promote, we're good. Paranormal Underground Magazine. Hello. <laughs> it's the first. There that you go. is, uh, I, I love that magazine, not just because of Cheryl and, and you and Chad, but just because I just love it. I love the people who write stories in it. So definitely there is, you can read some of my articles. And then if you want to reach me for any reason whatsoever, uh, truthseekerforum.com. You can just plug in there and find me there. Cool. All right. Well, um, this was a really fun and refreshing change of pace. Just talking about something like dance because yes. I understand how powerful it is, but I don't know if people I give the spiritual kudos, I guess, to movement that they could other than like something like yoga, right? But dance can be incredibly spiritual and it can be this way of connecting to something and yet finding your happy place and everything else. So I am so appreciative that you've come on and, and shared with us. Well, I'm Absolutely. honored. Thank you so much for letting me come on your show and talk. I mean, this was just like really a round table. <laughs> That's what we do. We're, yeah. we're not super formal about it. You know, we have people sometimes and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so nervous. And Cheryl and I are like, no, it's like, oh. a cup of coffee with your you know, I was so excited about this and um, you guys just made me so comfy and I wasn't nervous. I was just, I was so excited cool. Good. Oh my God. I am so happy that you were able to do this and join us and talk with us. And, um, definitely, you know, I'm going to, I just going to say you have to read rainbow story stories in paranormal underground magazine because we didn't get into it, but they are amazing and they don't, they talk about paranormal experiences, but more than that. And, and I can't, that's pretty much how I want to phrase it. It's, it's, it's more, it's such insight into experiences that it's not superficial. And so it just, it, it connects you in a way to these experiences that you're sharing with us. And, and, and I just find it amazing. Every single time I read your stories, I'm just like blown away every time. <laughs> Thank you. So, thanks for sharing with us and, well, and our I'm readers. Dead. Thank you. And the paranormal experience is um, it ultimately a spiritual experience if you allow it to be. Yes. So, well said. There you go. Yay. All right. So, um, you know, I sometimes tease what's coming up. No freaking clue. So, hey, <laughs> listen, next time we'll have somebody. 
somebody will be here next time. Somebody will um, be here next time. Yeah, yeah go right. to go to podbean.com, look up Paranormal Underground, go to iTunes, look up Paranormal Underground, and you can find all of our past shows. And also now look up Intention is Everything, and that's going to be under the Paranormal Underground uh, um, account, but you can also look by Intention is Everything, and that'll come up too. So. That's right. We've got like eight years worth of shows, folks. Lots of shows. That's Congratulations, right. you two. <laughs> thank, thank you me. so much. All right. Thank you, Rainbow. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Karen.